Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. We are returning to our series on the whole armor of God this morning, which means Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 is where we're going to be. I told you all to bookmark it, earmark it. As we talk about the whole armor of God, we talk about the spiritual battles that we go into, there's one piece of this armor that so many of us are familiar with. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, it reads, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith. It is our faith, after all, that we cling to the most as Christians. Oftentimes more than truth or righteousness or even the gospel, it is our faith in God and what He is doing for us. And Paul says that it is a shield. Right? We see this used quite often throughout the Scriptures. In fact, so many times I had to kind of cut back how many Scriptures I was going to read this morning. But that phrase, that God is a shield, that God protects us, is used time and time and time again. And while we talk about the whole armor of God, there is something that the shield provides that no other piece does. Right? The breastplate, it only protects the breast, the chest, the torso. Right? The sandals only protect the feet. The helmet only protects the head. But the shield is, is mobile. Right? You can use the shield in whatever capacity, wherever you need it to be. And the shield, it's not just to, to block your opponent. A shield has many uses. It has many uh, functions. First and foremost, it's simply blocking an attack. Just to make sure that they do not hit you. The second of which is to deflect an attack. Oftentimes, they could hit with that shield the right way and bring that weapon back on their attacker. The other way the shield can be used is as a weapon itself, right? That's one of the nice things about a shield for the soldier is that it can be a bludgeoning instrument. They can hit people with those shields. And when you look at the history of mankind and all the different cultures and all the different civilizations, you'll see that shields were were designed and built and carried very differently. Some had these huge shields as big as you and I. Others had very small, round shields. When we're talking in the Hebrew and Roman sense, more often than not, the shields were made of wood, 
usually poplar or lime wood because it doesn't splinter. It was bound together with some metal, but usually they put leather or tanned hide over the front of it just to help add an extra layer of protection. They had usually a grip on the inside of the shield so that the soldier could hold it. And the soldier could use it in any kind of battle they find themselves in. Close quarters, they can protect themselves from a volley of arrows coming from the sky. The shield was so versatile, so flexible in its ability to defend its wearer that it became the armor you wanted in battle. More than anything, you wanted that shield. And our faith is like that. Our faith is able to to protect us from any direction, protect us from any type of attack, protect us in any situation. We can always lean back on our faith. We can always lean back in our belief in God. Our faith is ultimately all we really have, spiritually speaking, is our faith in God. Because it is because of that that everything else falls into place. If I don't have faith in God, then I'm not going to believe that the gospel is the truth. If I don't have faith in God, then I cannot believe in His righteousness. If I don't have faith in God, then I cannot believe, this would be difficult to, that the gospel is a gospel of peace. All of these elements of the whole armor of God rely on the faith that we have. Even as we continue on, we talk about the helmet of salvation in a couple weeks. We can't even believe in salvation if we don't have faith in God and faith in what He did for us. If we doubt it. Faith is about understanding and knowing who our Creator is. Who our Savior is. Knowing the truths and believing in the truths. Have any of you ever been in a situation where you know something to be true, but you still don't believe it? Or it takes us a while to finally process it. A lot of times it comes with news of a lost or a loved one. Uh, that's the difficult time. I think we've all been there where we hear news and we know it to be true, but our brains, it just takes so long to finally accept that as truth. truth and we're in disbelief. Or when we hear news about a friend, about something bad they did, and we just don't want to believe that they would do such a thing, even though we have no reason to doubt the person who told us. Or we get the call from the school that our kid did something wrong. And we don't want to believe it, but it's still the truth. That, that faith is, is in believing in the truth. It's in believing in God. And it's what gets us through so much of the evil and the darkness in this world is our faith. It is the lantern by which we light our paths. It is the shield by which we protect ourselves. It says here in Ephesians that it quenches the fiery darts, the fiery arrows. It quenches them. Such interesting language that Paul uses, right? I can, I can picture the soldier the Christian soldier, the believer, standing there in the battlefield against Satan and his dark forces and the fiery arrows are raining down from the sky. 
I think we've all seen that, that scene in different movies, right? And they look up and you just see fire coming in from above. But he doesn't say that it blocks the fiery darts. He says he quenches the fiery dart. It's submerged in water. It's out. It's not just deflected on the ground burning. It is done. The fire is no more. It no longer is a threat. That's one of the nice things about the fiery arrows of the time, right? You, even if you miss your target, there's still a fire on the ground. Maybe they'll set fire to the buildings around you or to the grass itself. But the shield of faith, it quenches the fiery darts. They don't pose a threat whether they hit us or not. We don't have to be distracted by them. We can still focus on our enemy without having to worry about the, the, the fires that are being set around us from these fiery darts. When it talks about the shield of faith, and it talks about what it means to, to have faith, we talk back to that shield, to the idea that God protects His own. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 2 this morning. Proverbs chapter 2. You know, Proverbs is written mostly by Solomon, King Solomon. And in chapter 2, we see he talks once again about wisdom. And I've said this a thousand times, but if there's anyone in the Bible I want to hear about when it comes to the idea and the topic of wisdom, it's Solomon. But chapter 2, it talks about this idea of deliverance from evil. It says in verse 1, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. And He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of His saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. I'm going to read verse 7 and 8 for you one more time. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of His saints. Some interpretations say preserves the way of the faithful. But he's talking here about how God is a shield to the righteous, to those who fight for justice. God protects those who fight for Him. God protects those who walk rightly in His Word. He protects those who have given themselves to Him, who have protected His Word from the enemies, who have shared His Word with their enemies, right? We, we have to understand that God, first and foremost, takes care of His own. We see this with the Hebrew people. When they are 
good with God, when they are following His commandments and they are worshiping Him and His temples are full, we see prosper in Israel. We see prosper for the Hebrew people as they overcome enemy after enemy after enemy. But what happens when they walk away from God? What happens when they turn on God? They begin to crumble and they begin to fall. And they begin to fall into oppression by foreign rulers. God protects those that believe in Him. There is no reason, logically, that David should have ever been able to slay Goliath. Goliath was a, a, a giant. He was a titan of the, the Philistine army, right? He's this huge, lumbering beast of war, undefeated. So much so that Saul is sitting there with his entire Hebrew army and not a man wants to fight this guy. Not a man wants to try to prove himself for the, the victory of the Hebrew people. But you see, what David does when he gets those, those pebbles out of that creek put in his sling is he shows unshakable faith that I am going to kill this guy. I am going to defeat Goliath. Not a, I might. Not a, I'm going to give this a shot. Not a, well, if I don't, then that's it. But someone's got to, no. It's just unshakable faith. I am going to be victorious. And there's no fear in that mindset when you know you're going to do something. There's a lot of people that live in this world that hope when they get home and they go to turn on the light that the light comes on, that the power wasn't shut off. There's a lot of people out there living in poverty who never know when the power is going to be cut off, never know when the water is going to be shut off, all of these things. And they live in fear every day because they're worried that one day they're going to go to turn on that faucet and there's going to be nothing. I don't have that fear. I never once have fear that I'm going to come home and my power's going to be out or my water's going to be shut off. Unless Ronnie has a grudge against me or something. But ultimately, I have faith that I'm going to turn on the faucet and water's going to come out. I don't even consider there's an option of that not happening. Right, but we live in our Christian lives where that happens all the time. We have these doubts. We have these fears that this isn't going to work. I'm not going to be able to overcome this. I'm not going to be able to win this battle. I'm not going to be able to fill in the blank with whatever it might be. And when we know it is something that God is calling on us to do, and we know that it is something that God is pushing us towards, when we have doubts, keep in mind, we're not doubting ourselves, we're doubting God. God will have us be victorious if it is His will. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God's plan is absolute. God will part oceans to get you to where you need to go. And if you, even if you turn around and run, He's going to make a fish swallow you up until you start praying and get right with God. Then He's going to spit you back out and send you on your way, right? God is going to make sure that as long as you're stepping in the right path, He is going to make it happen for you. But we have to have faith that God is going to see us through. We have to have faith that no matter what physical and worldly problems that we face. Spiritually, we are strong and spiritually, we are victorious. 
Because let me tell you something. It's easy to look at Paul in that prison cell at the end of his life and think that he is not victorious. To look at old Paul in jail for spreading the word of Christ and think that he lost. Easy thing to do. Look at Paul. Yep, he lost that fight. He is in jail now. But when we read his letters, you don't feel like he lost. You don't get that sense that he lost. Because Paul knows that even when he loses in the material, even when he loses here on this world, spiritually he is victorious. Spiritually he has done what God called him to do. Spiritually he is at peace with his execution that is looming because he knows that he fought the good fight. He knows that he did what God wanted him to do and he is able to sit there and be at peace even when faced with death. A lot of us live in fear of death. How wonderful would it be to be at peace with it? And not even like a distant death. This is the death outside his door kind of death. Right? I like to imagine Paul looking out that cell window and seeing the guillotine, which he didn't have guillotines, but you know what I mean. See his death. Hear the prisoners next door being put to the sword. And still be at peace. Because he had faith in God. And because that faith in God was a shield and it protected him. Not just from the evil ways of the world, but from his own doubts and insecurities. But in talking about David and Goliath, I want to turn to Psalms chapter 18. You know, the funny thing about the story of David and Goliath, while y'all turn there to, to Psalms 18, is David was given armor. You recall, they, they, they put armor on him as he got ready to go out to fight Goliath, but it was so big and clunky and just in his way. And yet one could argue David might have been thinking, you know, even if I was wearing this armor, if Goliath lays a hand on me, I'm a goner. Armor or not. The armor's not going to stop this dude from just destroying me. If it gets so bad, I need this armor. It, the armor's not really going to help. But what we see is that in so many ways, in that moment, David sheds armor of the world and puts on the armor of God. Right? He takes off all of that armor. He says, I don't need it. It's going to weigh me down. And ultimately, if he goes in there with armor, then he has doubt that he's going to be victorious. But what we do see is this unshakable faith that allows him to square off with Goliath. Let's not forget that it was not that pebble that killed Goliath. Right? David, he runs, and we're talking about the imagery, and we're talking about the faith, and we're talking about all these things of who David is as a man, as a shepherd, and as a king. He lobs that pebble out of that sling, and he gets Goliath square in the eyes, and Goliath goes down. And David runs up, and he picks up Goliath's sword and beheads him. Takes his head clean off. 
But let's think for a moment about the fact that David, number one, is small in stature. He's a scrawny guy. He's so scrawny that just normal armor that all the soldiers in this company were wearing just overwhelmed him. So small that Goliath called him sticks, right? You come at me with sticks. But then let's look at Goliath and think about the fact that when Goliath comes in the battlefield, he has soldiers behind him carrying his spear and his shield because all his weapons are so big and so giant. And that picture of scrawny little David holding up that giant sword of Goliath and being able to use it, be able to bring it down in one swoop. The imagery of that scrawny, little, skinny, weak, big air quotes here, weak kid holding this giant Philistine sword. And you see the spiritual strength and the spiritual faith that he had. We watched uh, Sword in the Stone yesterday, the old Disney cartoon. Uh, well, I watched it. Addie was in and out of the room. But, you know, the, the, the classic story of King Arthur pulling the sword out of the stone to, to deem himself worthy to be king, I can't help but wonder if that imagery, if that story isn't at least in part spot inspired by this vision the troops had of little skinny David, the shepherd boy, holding that sword up. And saving the Hebrew people from the Philistines. Which in that moment set him on path to be king. But we are going to get back, believe it or not, to Psalms chapter 18. That was a bit of a divergent there. but Verse 1, it states, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength and whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God, He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. See, even David, as a king, as a man who had gone through all the things he had gone to, he still considers God to be not just a shield, but a stronghold, a fortress, a place from which he could fight the evils of the day with complete security. How many of us feel like when we're faced with evil, when we're faced with darkness, that There's no hope. Like we're being attacked from all angles. Like we can't get our footing. Like no matter how hard we try, we just can't seem to right ourselves. There are moments in my life, and I say it jokingly sometimes, but other times it's quite true. I feel like I'm falling down the stairs of life. Right? You're just tumbling along, trying to get your footing. Life is happening too fast, and it's coming at you too quickly for you to get your bearings, for you to get your footing. You hope that when you get to the bottom, you can stand upright again. But how many of us in our spiritual battles feel the same way? Like it, it seems like we cannot get right with God. It seems like we cannot get ourselves spiritually right. But when we lean on God with faith, when we consider God to be our, 
our rock, our foundation, our fortress, and our shield, we know that we always have that protection that He offers. We're going to turn now to uh, verse 25 of Psalms 18. Verse 25 reads, With the merciful you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man you will show yourself blameless. With the pure you will show yourself pure. And with the devious you will show yourself shrewd. For you will save the humble people, but bring down haughty looks. For you will light my lamp, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. That was my my Bible verse of the day yesterday. He is a shield to the faithful. I thought, how fitting. God God talks to us through our Scriptures. How many of y'all watch morning services on the TV before you come to church. And how many of you have said, you, they said the exact same thing this morning that you just delivered. And guess what? I don't talk to those big on-TV pastors. We don't, we don't plan ahead. They don't call me up and say, hey, this is what I'm preaching on. Are you on board? No, it's just, I don't even want to use the word coincidence. It's God making sure that message is getting out there. It's amazing how many times I've been talking with someone um, at the schools that I work in, and they talk about what their pastor said. And I'm like, that was the exact same verse that I preached on. There's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of verses in this Bible. How, how does it fall like that? How did yesterday, my daily scripture reading, be the exact thing that I preached? Even if I started this Armor of God series a week later, this whole thing would have been thrown off. But here it was the day before I preached about the shield of faith. It talks about how God is a shield for the faithful because He protects us from the evil ones. Because He protects us time and time and time again. And He protects us through our own faith in Him. Through our own faith. I think back to the greatest fight there ever was against Satan. Jesus in the wilderness. Starving, tired, exhausted. He had a physical human body after all. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus, He wasn't 50% God, 50% man. He was 100% man, 100% God. He had all the ailments. That's why, he was, that's why it's so important for Him to be human. He wasn't Superman, right? He was human. He had aches and pains and got hungry and and had the same hormones and biological chemistry that we had. That's It had to have been that way or the fact that he lived without sin would have meant nothing if he never felt hungry and tired and weak. But here is Satan and he's facing off against Jesus and he's tempting him with bread, with power, with nobility. And all Jesus has, well, Jesus has a lot, but all He uses is His faith in why He is there. It's His faith in God's plan. Because Jesus, think about that. Satan brings Him up to the mountaintop and He says, Look at all the world and I can make you king and I can make you ruler. And Jesus is looking at that versus dying on a cross as a criminal. Those are His options there. 
And he chooses death. And he chooses humiliation and torture. And he chooses sin, our sin, because of his faith in God. That unshakable faith that he had. The same faith that we see David square off with Goliath. The same faith that we see Moses on the bank of the Red Sea as it starts to part. And the Egyptians are behind him. That's the faith that we have to carry into the spiritual battles is the shield of faith and knowing that God will protect us if we are fighting the good fight. If we are wearing this armor of God, we can quench the fiery darts. We can fight against whatever Satan throws our way. If we have the faith and we rely on the faith, let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just... We just thank you, Lord, for opening our hearts and our minds to your word. Lord God, for being able to, to dig in deep to the whole armor of God and understand what it means to, to wear this armor, what it means to carry a shield of faith, what it means to, to be faithful in the midst of, uh, the evil works of this world. Lord God, just strengthen our minds, strengthen our souls, Lord God, that we can rely on you, that we can believe in your will and in your purpose for each and every one of us. Give us the unshakable faith that no matter what Goliath stand in our way, that we can go into the without doubt, complete knowledge that we will be victorious. No maybes, no mites, but we will. Lord God, let us know that when we rely on You, we can overcome all things. That we can do all things through the Christ who strengthens us. We just pray that You forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for all the times that we lost faith, Lord. Forgive us for all the times that we have lost sight of your will and your purpose. I just pray all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Harridge Sermons. If you feel led to donate to my message or to this show, I ask that you simply donate your time or money to a local food pantry, charity, or mission. And if you ever find yourself in Southwest Arkansas, feel free to visit. We'd love to have you. You can find us at the Ben Loman Cumberland Presbyterian Church at 10 a.m. or the Brownstown Community Church at 11. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'd love to see you.